Welcome everybody to the podcast. Today I've got Amy Wong. Amy Wong is a conversational intelligent expert. She's an executive coach. She's worked with Facebook, LinkedIn, Roku, a bunch of these fancy companies. Let's dive right into the podcast. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You're super, super welcome. And, you know, we were talking about uh, this concept of shoulds, right? So oftentimes in life, we go around thinking, oh, I should get this job, or I should do this, or I should apply for that. And, you know, we're going to today demystify with you exactly why that's not the best strategy for us. So, Amy, I'll let you take it away. Why should we not do that? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have have a very strongly held belief that should is truly the worst word in the English language. And what's so interesting is that all of us have been completely smitten, taken by this word, and all of us operate by it, not really realizing what's going on underneath the surface of of, mm. of those, you know, five letters put together. So yeah, yeah. So what is Six that? letters, sorry, I had to yeah. think about them. I'm like, wait, how many letters is that? <laughs> Six letters, yeah. And so, you know, but there's there's so much going on underneath the surface of this word. And, you know, I'll just start by saying, you know, you check this word out in your life and it never feels good. You know, if mm. I say to you, if I say, hey, you know, you should call your mom more or you should make your bed every day or, you know, you should get to bed earlier or you should. It just how does that make you feel? Mm. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like a very disempowering word because I think traditionally we're kind of framed and uh formed that oh you should go to school and you better do this and it's kind of we're a very mental culture so i love Mm -hmm. that you're sharing with us why this is not the best strategy for us so instead of doing that you know i'm going to use the word what should (laughs) (laughs) well well, we got to invent a new word but you know what oh yeah there's a there's another there's a replacement a really Mm, good one mm, so i'm excited to get into that Yeah. So instead yeah. of the word should, what's first let's understand what's what is disempowering about this mentality. Yeah. Well here's here's what's really going on. I mean you have to you have to take a step back and you have to ask yourself, okay, well, should according to who? Mm. And then you stop and you think about it and you're like, okay, um should according to them, don't know who them is, should according mm. to me. Okay, wait, hold on. But it makes me feel bad every time I do this. So why do I do this to myself? So then you really have to think about this. Like should according to, here here it is, should implies mm-hmm. that there's this fixed I reality out there mm. that represents the standard, the ideal that really is, okay, if you're going to do it right, if you're going to live the good life, if you are going to be a good person, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are going to fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. you got to do it just like this. And so it really kind of implies that there's this big book in the sky called the big Mm -hmm. book of shoulds, Mm -hmm. that if you're going to do it the right way, quote unquote, air quotes here, Mm -hmm. you got to follow, this is how it works. So it's like externalizing your uh, magnetism, your power, your, your purpose to some external reality that's probably living in your mind instead of really tapping into your own unique creative energy and being like, hey, you know, I feel excited about this thing. Instead of all the shoulds, I'm gonna throw that book away and I'm gonna tap into what's lighting me up right now. Um, yeah. So yeah. what, instead of should, how can we like reframe this to kind of take our power back and internalize, you know, our creative genius? Well, 
you know, it's so there is a very powerful pivot. But in order to really make that pivot, yeah. you have to come to terms with this, I, the, with the truth that there is no way things or you should be, period. Mm, there is yeah. no way things should be. And so, you know, sometimes people are like, well, hold on, hold on. Uh, but, you know, we shouldn't kill each other. And I say, well, you know, I agree that we don't want to kill each other. Yeah. And, but the truth is we're in agreement that we don't want to be doing that. But if if you really, really stop and think about it, we don't know anything about existence. So we can't say mm. for certain what's true or not true or how this works. Or, I mean, I don't even Ooh. know if you're real, right? No, now we're getting into big territory here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I mean, this is going to get super you know, philosophical. Talk, talking about just the shouldn't kill somebody. I feel like that's a really felt thing. It's like, I would oh, never yeah. want to just go out and kill somebody because I'm like, I want to give them a hug or like, I want to talk to them. Or even if I yeah. really don't like them, I might want to punch them in the face. <laughs> but I don't ever feel like I'm going to kill this person. No. And no. even if, you know, so that's there. So instead of this, like, uh, this mentality of I should do this or I shouldn't do that, how do we start to really tap into our purpose? Like, how well, do we get into I'm, that? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. Cause I want to kind of go back to, you know, what, how do we, what do we use in place of should? And you were, yeah. you were pointing, you, you really were articulating it and, and it's not, it, you were saying, it's like, I want to give this person a hug. I want yeah. to do this. And so on the flip side of should really truly is want. And so to fully understand this, I'm going to give you a bit of a framework here. Yeah. If you, I mean, there's a lot to it, but I'm just going to make it super simple. There's two ways to go about life, right? Mm -hmm. And one way is to reach for the things that make you feel good and be super clear about what you want because it feels amazing. And mm -hmm. so let's imagine for anyone that's watching, and this is visual, I'm going to spell this out. Let's imagine yeah. that everything you want in life is on the left side of you, okay? That's and, and this is what you want. This is a feeling of joy and love and fulfillment. And this is the money and the all, this is the stuff you want. I mean, it makes yeah. you feel good when you think about it. Now, all the stuff you don't want, let's imagine is on your, the right side of you. So it's everything you don't want. So that's debt and failure and missed opportunities and rejection and all that stuff. It's over here. So when we use the word should, what happens is that we're actually, we're not at all facing the direction of what we want. Mm -hmm. right? what, what's mm -hmm. happening is that we're actually facing all the stuff we don't want and we're pushing it away from us. But as we push it away from us, which way are we moving? Well, we're moving in the direction of what we want. But the problem with this is that in the act of pushing, this is yep. resistant. This eats yep. up our bandwidth. This eats up creativity and possibility. And so in it, in it, and it keeps us looking at all the stuff we actually don't want. That's why it makes us feel bad. And mm. so... For every should, there is a countered want. So like if, for example, mm -hmm. I should go to the gym. Uh, now, if I say yeah. that, I'm not focusing on my health. I'm mm -hmm. focusing on the fact that I feel big in my jeans, that I've, I'm, I feel bad that I ate too much cheese last night or something. I'm focusing on the stuff I don't want and I'm pushing it away because I didn't say, oh, I want to feel flexible. Right, I right. want to feel youthful. I want to feel invigorated. That was not at all in my awareness. And so notice notice the flip there. So we can either say, oh, I should go to the gym, which focuses on stuff I don't want, mm -hmm. versus oh, I want oh, I want to feel good. I want to feel strong. Ooh, now, when you make that pivot, here's what's great. Mm -hmm. You stop pushing, which now means you've freed up a bunch of bandwidth because it's just resistance. And you know that takes energy. But in that pivot, now you're looking at all the stuff that you do want. And this is where your perceptual horizon widens 
and all of these possibilities and options that are available, but you just couldn't see when you're pushing and facing the other way, all of a sudden become evident. And that's when great ideas hit. And you're like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm going to go on a hike. It's beautiful right now. Yeah. I'm going to call my neighbor. You know, And so we start to live a purposeful life, yeah. which ties into your second question there, when we pivot from should to want, because it's it's all it's all facing it's it's about the yeah. vision of you know what's interesting is when you were making that diagram or that analogy of everything on the left and everything on the right what you want what you don't want i was thinking you know actually sometimes i like failure i embrace some of these challenges because you know if i like i like mountaineering i like climbing and a big part of that is the struggle you know it's like i desire that struggle because that's in the struggle i'm growing so yeah. it's almost like when you embrace and you don't try to push away and go yeah. into that should mentality, you actually embrace that failure. Like, okay, I might fail, but I don't care because this is exciting. I'm going to the gym or I'm going to go do this thing I've never done before because there is a possibility of failure. But in that, I'm also embracing the possibility of growth. And I oh, think that's like super exciting. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. It's a huge topic I, I address in my book. So my book, Ooh. Living on Purpose. This yeah. is this is the topic of chapter five, but and it's titled Manure Makes Beautiful Blossoms. Ooh. And you know, and what what we're talking about here is that failure is such yeah. a necessary part of our experience because we mm. have to know what we can't do, or we have to know what's wrong in order to know what's right. We have to know what we don't want in order to know what we want. And in yeah. fact, there was a study that came out. I want to say in twenty nineteen. 2018 in nature communications mm -hmm. i learned about this on um huberman lab he he shared this and i just it stuck with me and i thought this was so great that the optimal rate of failure for mm -hmm. the optimal rate of learning is essentially we want to be failing 15 percent of the time interesting in order to be optimally growing and and essentially learning yeah. because of neuroplasticity right so when we fail like yeah. it doesn't feel good, but it's exactly that experience of <laughs> frustration that yeah it wakes up parts of our brain that allows us to make new correction and new connections in the brain in the direction of the desired learning that we are going for. Yeah, and I think more powerful you know, way. A, a big point is we tell ourselves, "Oh, I shouldn't fail. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that." But that limitation you're putting on yourself of "I shouldn't do this," you know is actually the thing that's hampering your growth the most because if you just allow yourself that 15% failure rate, hey, you're going to find that, yeah, maybe you fail one in five times, but you're growing a lot a lot faster, whether that's, that's right. wealth or relationships or whatever it is in life you're trying to do if you're yeah. trying to learn skateboarding. If you give yourself that wiggle room to fail, I feel like, you know, like you just said, now you're creating a ton of opportunity for growth. And that's super, super exciting. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I always, you know, with a hand, you know, with clients I always say, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun mantra to say, this could be my 15%. <laughs> yeah. You mess up or you fail. Like you just own it in an excited, like, hey, this could be my 15%. And it completely, it just converts resistance to what is to appreciation. And that, I mean, there's no, there's, there's no better, more nourishing 
pivot we could make in a moment. Yeah. I want to talk briefly about your book and the five points. You have those five points, right? So I'd like to share uh, yeah, with five the, choices. the five choices, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Let's, uh, you know, give us a quick overview on that. And then we'll dive into one of those that's the most juicy or interesting one. Sure. Well, absolutely. So the book, I've been... I'm just, I'm so tickled about this book because it really, I'm, I published this in May, it came out May 24th and the feedback has been, it's been extremely helpful. So, oh, it feels so good that, you know, to translate what's happening in person into a book form, like, mm, oh yeah. man, what a, that's, that is no joke. And so to know that it's actually working, just, it, that's it, amazing. it delights me. And so this is a roadmap that has really been years and years in the making because I've been coaching for over a decade and had thousands upon thousands of conversations with really truly people from all walks of life from you know you know people coming out of a college yeah. to drug and rehab to to I mean you name it yeah, entrepreneurs so you've been, founders, you've been doing this executives. for a while yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and so you know in all these conversations very clear themes were starting to bubble up in mm. how it is that we hold ourselves back in in really somewhat in some like perceptual frameworks that a mm. lot of us hold that we don't really check and should being one of them so that's actually one of the choices and it's um it's really freeing when you wake up to oh my gosh i'm kind of beholden to this perceptual framework that most of us are but it holds me back and anyway so this yeah. this book is a roadmap of the five choices and all of them each of them are really are somewhat independent and you could take anyone on yeah. and it's, it can be a game changer taken all together. It really does create an incredible way of being that will unlock your ability to truly thrive totally regardless of the conditions around you, which is really, really powerful. And so, um, yeah, it was one, important. one of the, uh, really interesting ones we were talking before was the feeling one, right? So yeah. it's being able to feel, and as a society, right, we've been trained to use our minds. And that's actually why I love human design so much, because it gives a framework also of how to feel instead mm-hmm. of just using the mind all the time and logic to tap into the body and use the intelligence that has been passed on to you by your ancestors, by DNA, by all of these kind of subconscious cues and using that feeling sense to make better decisions Mm. And you mm. have that in your book too, right? Yeah. It's I think the second the second choice, right? Is no, it's is the first one actually. The first one. So oh. yeah, the first one. That's right. And this is such an important one. And this this I would this is can be a total game changer. And it's so obvious once you once you hear what I'm about to share. And it's it's so funny that it it's so elusive until it becomes obvious. But really, what choice number one is: choose to feel it out. Don't figure it out. Mm. And what this is about really comes back to the truth that everything we want in life, whether it's a new job, whether it's more money, whether it's a relationship, whether it's to move to a different state, all of that, our dreams, our aspirations, our vision boards, all of those things, we don't want it for the thing. Yep. We want mm-hmm. it because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. Yep. So at the end, in the, the, on the other side of each desire really is a desired feeling state. And that's what's most important. And then we use the thing as a proxy, as a way to getting to that desired feeling state. But we don't always check it out. We mm. don't say, oh, is yeah. this the path of least resistance to that feeling? Is mm. this the shortest path to that feeling? Because we're never asking ourselves, what do I want to feel? What we're asking is, what do I want to do? What do mm. I want to achieve? What do I want to create? 
What, and so it's not that that's a bad question, but what happens is when we get so caught on the thing and we're not fully checking it out because we haven't been taught to because mm -hmm. of just how we've been raised in school. It's right, like, hey, follow yeah. the formula you'll, yeah. and then you'll then quote unquote. You better get the A or you're, you know, you should get the A so you can go to the college so you can get the good job. So we kind of create this uh, logical like extension of happiness. It's like if you do this, yeah. then you'll be happy. And then when you do that, you'll be happy. But it's what you're saying is, wait, hold on, check out what's actually the shortest path to that feeling. And interestingly, I found in my life, it was going within myself and not trying to go outside and find it somewhere. Uh, yeah. And kind of explain like, you know, in your book, do you share about how we can kind of tap back into our, our feeling sense? How, how do we do that? Yeah. So it really, it, it's, it starts with just recognizing that what you do want is a feeling. And the, and and so once we start asking ourselves, okay, actually, what is it that I want to feel? Just asking the question and shining a light of awareness on that starts to shift kind of what, what you're perceiving and what's mm. possible. So that's yeah. really important. But then the question is, how do I navigate now as a result of having insight into this? And so mm. what I... What I recommend is that there's there's two ways of going about this. Now there's figuring it out. Yeah, now figuring it out. It's mm. the mental and that's the strategy. That's the okay, what is the right process? And you can tell if you're figuring it out by how you sound, which is that sounds like a good idea. Mm. This seems right. Ah, this is logical. Right. This makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we we talk like that because we're calculating our way to the thing mm. without really making sure that, okay, that's getting us to a desired feeling state because we haven't we haven't brought that into the equation. So then figuring it out and and I know you feel this, I know we all know this, when we're figuring it out, it's really frenzied it's up in very, the head. Yeah, it's very it's like, chaotic. And it feels kind of constrictive and so what I tell people to really sense for is where's the energy in your body? Is it up in your head between your ears and it feels really frenzied and it might be really exciting, but it's just and it's tight up yeah. here above your shoulders. Yeah. That's figuring it out. And that feels very different than feeling it out. Now, what's that? So that's you're reaching, you're 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 sensing for the thing that gives you relief. Now, why relief? Because we're going for the expanded feeling that, oh, like, where is their flow here? Where is their relief? Because in relief there is flow. If there is flow, that's the path of least resistance to the path of most abundance. Mm. So, and that when we're feeling it out, we generally say something like, "Oh, this feels right." Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I can. I know this in my gut. Yeah, I just had a felt sense. My intuition says, and so and and where is that energy? It's usually in our chest, or it's lower in our body. And when we're feeling out the path of least resistance to the path of most abundance, we're really feeling for that. Oh, it's like it's just it's expansive versus constrictive, yeah. right? And and I'll tell you, like sometimes the constricted option just sounds so incredible and exciting and oh this is going to be great for my resume and oh this just makes so much sense and oh i could just see but it feels really tight and frenzied versus mm. oh but you know what if i really were to just take a break here and go down this path and instead do this and take that job like it might not be as sexy but man do i feel oh, like there's spaciousness there yeah now it's often that unlogical kind of felt sense mm -hmm. that we find the greatest happiness you know I'm going to share a quick story of when I was uh, in this period of time coming out of college and I had my first corporate job, 
you know, on paper, it was great. I was living on the beach. I was making good money. I had a lot of great friends, but there was something within me that felt constricted and I couldn't figure out what that is, but I decided to trust that and I quit my job. I studied yoga for like six years. I meditated for six hours a day and I finally found that thing I was really, really looking for, that sense of clarity and purpose of, you know, what do I want to do with this life? And it was in a complete non-thinking mode. I was in a meditation. I was like sitting like completely prone on my back. And at this moment of like, whoa, I'm not this identity. Like this identity I'd carried for so long on paper. I'm like, oh, I should be this. I should do that. All these shoulds that were wrapped up in my identity, it just kind of blew up that day. And I was like, wow, I feel so much better now. And it's like now we have that, you know, that felt sense of clarity and I think it's, you know, clarity is like what we're all looking for. It's when we don't have to, f- you know, think about what to do, but it's just unknowing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's where yeah. I should do. That's what I should do. That's where I should go. And yeah. it can be scary in the beginning, you know, when you're oh, getting yeah. out of the head and getting into the heart. For of sure. Like, oh, my gosh, I've never done something. This is so crazy. Yeah. But Totally. That's really where growth is in allowing yep. yourself that 15% of failure. And then, <laughs> that's you right. Know, tapping into that feeling. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel is the next thing we should talk about, Amy? Gosh, well, you know, there's, there's so many, so many directions to, um, well, you know, it, it might be kind of fun to do a full circle here because when, you know, when we start to feel it out, and we don't figure it out, we're going to bump up against exactly this discomfort that you just talked yeah. about. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. So my intuition, my gut, my heart, my soul is telling me to go do this, to, to try this, to move in this direction. But logic tells me, oh my gosh, this makes no sense. Like mm. you were trained for that. This like what, what? And, and so there's the uncertainty and there's the, there's the, the, there's the fear. And you know, it's interesting. Where does the fear come from? It comes from this paradigm of should. Well, you shouldn't do that. Mm. You should be doing something else. So that's where when you start to feel it out, then it's logical that the next choice. So the next choice in the book is choose to know there is no way things or you should be. So then when you take that on, that there really is no way things or you should be. There's the way you want them. But there is no way it should be. You release yourself from this invisible standard and you unhook yourself from this tether that most of us are are um, controlled by. And it's like, wait, right. Okay. Yeah. So Existence I feel this is such out. a Yeah. It's such a, you know, magnanimous. It's beautiful. There's all kinds of flowers. There's not like a, you know, prototype flower of you have to have a, these many yeah. petals and this many colors. And I, I think, you know, so often as coaches, as executives, we get tied into this idea that, oh, if I'm going to be successful, I should do it this way or it needs to be this way. But what I love that you're pointing to is in existence, it's got room for everything. It's got room for all your gifts. It's got room for your unique purpose. And it doesn't have to be in any way at all. It can be in any way. So that's yeah. like the beautiful part of it oh, and it's i mean it is tr- it is total freedom when you begin to really live by this truth that you know okay there is no way things should be there's the way i want them and if i'm going to totally d- attend to the way that i want them and let go of this idea that there's a way it should be i mean 
all that's left is just truly joy and creative freedom. Yeah. And in that, it's amazing how much more you can innovate and how many more problems you can solve. And, and just the, the imagination and creativity is, is just so, it, it's available in ways mm -hmm. that it's not available when you're shooting all over yourself. You and know? it's so interesting. Um, you know, you work a lot with executives and teams and corporations. Mm -hmm. Where do you find the biggest breakthroughs, you know, in your work with them? Is it in releasing this idea of, oh, it needs to be this way? Like, I'm curious to know. You know, that's a big one is just, you know, everybody thinks that there's this idea in their head, like, okay, if I'm going to do it right, it's like, what is that standard? Like, what, what is the persona of the executive? What is, how is this supposed to go? And, mm, and interesting. really take it, just releasing ourselves from this idea that there's a should standard. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, how do I want to show up? What do I want to be about? What, what stand do I want to take? What do I want my impact to be? How do I want to serve? The company and others and and really focusing in that way is is really really powerful um and you know and then i would say another thing and another reason i really wrote this book was because you know in doing a lot of work with leaders and a lot of work with executives there was you know the way in which the the, the fundamental way in which all of us hold ourselves back is self-doubt mm, yeah and the relationship we have with ourselves like, in and i really detail this in in the book about where this comes from from a from a neurobiology perspective, how is it that we imprint and ingrain negative, false beliefs about ourselves, such as, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I actually don't deserve a seat at the table, or maybe maybe I actually don't know what I'm talking about. Or So it's kind of like imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so what I was finding through all many, many conversations was that everybody was feeling it. It didn't matter mm. how much you had achieved and how yeah. successful they were. They, they were still wondering like, oh my gosh, are they going to, like, what if they find out that what actually... Out? Yeah. What if they and find I'm, out I'm just creating this as I go? I, as I go, <laughs> yeah. And and there, and everybody is, is there's a, there's a, there's a subtle feeling of shame around that mm. and doubt. And, and I just wanted to be like, hey, look, I'm, you're all silently suffering, thinking that you're the only one. You're not. I promise you're not. And so that was one of the big yeah. reasons I had to write the book was because we all go through this. And... In the book, I actually describe my hypothesis as to why I think, you know, in terms of how it is that we develop as humans, mm -hmm. why it is that we end up taking on these false beliefs and then trying to survive ours, you know, from from being found out. And yeah. it was it's a it's a big aha for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I love that. It's so beautiful. A lot of the work we do too is it's around purpose and finding that authentic way of expressing yourself and you know. I see all the time that there's coaches that think, oh, in order to make money, I need a script or I need to sell in this way. Or maybe even bigger companies, they feel like very attached to their mission guideline and they feel like, oh, I can't change it because then it would be not the right way to do it. And I just, I love that we're highlighting this, which is there's no right way. There's no mm -hmm. existential, like only this way is going to be successful. You can be successful in so many ways and I think a large part of that comes down into diving into yourself and understanding what are your gifts? Like, what do you want to express? Where do you feel lit up? And, mm. you know, mm. getting super, I, that's why I love human design. You know, we've implemented that and it's been a game changer because it's like, now you can see the visual reason why you're so excited about like being a creative or why you're so excited about sharing uh, processes there's so many reasons and there's so much flexibility in the universe 
for all these unique like snowflakes of shapes and sizes and colors and techniques and processes. Yeah. And what I love that you're doing in the book is you're highlighting and you're sharing with people, hey, you can be unique. You can be different. You can actually not have any idea of what you're doing, but you can do it because you love doing it. Yeah. And that's valid. And I yeah. love that. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, because so my, the first part of my life, I was a mathematician and, I, you know, highly, you know, quite technical. And so mm. for me, it was really important that, you know, if I'm going to propose these things, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that the argument's super sound. So not only do I say, hey, you can be unique and you can, you can live into this authentic self and actually not be a cliche, but to be like, and let me give you a really strong argument as to why that is your birthright. And wow. that to me was really important. No. Give us, can you give us a quick, you know, briefing on that, on that mathematical proof you, you, you developed for this or is oh. that in your book? <laughs> well, it's not one particular, it's, it's definitely not one like, okay, here's, here's the equation that actually yeah. works. It's really more, it's a style of, you know, using, um, Logic, logic and weaving in quite a bit of science in order to validate some of my observations and hypotheses to say, hey, you know, we, um, you know, like you said, we're all incredibly unique and our, yeah. it's our, it's, it's, it's a gift that we get to choose this. Yeah. And it's a gift that we get to, to, to realize a life that we desire. And, but we have to choose that. And so, yep. yeah, I would say it's definitely more stylistic than it is like one <laughs> ultimate yeah. proof. I think, you know, <laughs> you made a great point. Ultimately, the only, you know, real reality is you have to make a decision. Do you want to live your life the way you want to? Yep. Or do you want to live it according how you should live it? Kind of coming back around. But uh, I think this book is going to be tremendously valuable and open Thank up you. a lot of eyes uh amy how do yeah. how do we uh get access to your book can you share yeah, with us so ooh, it's right here yeah wow, so living on purpose yeah and it's a bestseller already which is awesome i feel so so blessed but yeah you could get this anywhere books are sold barnes and noble that's awesome. um all, all the brick and mortars have it but you know amazon it's available on amazon and i've i did the audiobook and so ooh. that's so I got to narrate it. So that's available as well. Nice. And yeah, you know, it's it's just like any other. Yeah, we'll book. drop that in the show notes as well, so yeah. everybody can click on the link, and then you. you know buy the audiobook. I, I awesome. honestly, what I've found is, when you have a book you really love, get both. Get the audiobook and get the print version, um, because reading it in different, like absorbing it in different formats. Like it yes. actually makes a difference. It's not like a sales tactic to boost mm -hmm. book sales. It's like actually making a difference. And I do that for a lot of my favorite books. It's like I buy it in both versions so ah, I can absorb it in totally. multiple ways. Yeah. You know what? That is invaluable advice. And I have done that myself. Yeah. Um, and you know, the book that really. Yeah. Alex Hormozzi argues for the book that. Yeah. I don't know if you have you read The Extended Mind by. Annie Paul, Annie, what's her name? Annie, Annie Murphy Paul. She's a celebrated science writer and she wrote, and it's all the science behind essentially why what you're saying is super valuable in addition mm. to all the other dimensions and why it is that our mind is beyond just this thinking entity. Yeah. Anyway, fa fantastic. But I'm a hundred percent with you that if there is a body of work that you really want to integrate, yep. 
take it in in all those inputs. So when you're on a walk, listen, because there's a way in which you integrate that. And when you see it in the visual, there's a way in which you integrate Mm, that. So yeah, yeah, spot on. Amy, if you could leave our audience with one message, what would you share with them? Oh, here it is. So we all want to thrive. And if we want to really get to the heart of what it takes, the most important thing that we have to attend to truly is the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm. And I know this sounds so cliche and it's like, mm, we go back to, okay. But it's like, what does that actually mean? Well, I'll tell you, it's this relationship we have with ourselves absolutely forms the fundamental lens that we look out through to the world that gives rise to everything that we experience. And so if we truly wanna thrive, 100% have to, it, it, it all starts with and ends with what it is that we choose to believe and more importantly, what we choose to know about ourselves. Mm. And you know, for me, that has been, I really don't know myself. And it's been the most liberating thing ever. Uh, when when we, for the first 27 years of my life, I thought I had to know in my mind intellectually who I was. And I tried to create like these personas and outfits. And, you know, I would talk a certain way and hang with a certain group of people or do a certain activity because I thought I had to define myself. But one of the mm. most liberating things for me has been in saying, I am unbounded. There is no limitation to who I am. And I really don't know who I am, you know, and I'll never know. But that's the beauty of it. Because now I can be anything. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's because it's what you want, not what you should. (laughs) It's yeah, yeah, we can go very deep into it. Um, That might be a good (laughs) another podcast but essentially what I found for the first 27 years of my life I was trying to be someone I was saying I want this I want that but when I let go of that tightness of you know the shoulds and like stopping the resisting of oh Mm -hmm. I can't be this or I can't be that and I just dropped the whole thing and I said you know I'm not gonna carry this identity around and make that you know everything about my life I'm gonna just let go of that and kind of go into the feeling state of, mm-hmm. you know, let me see what is true for me in this moment. And when I use that as my guidance, as my North Star, I found my life has become so much simpler. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I love that. Yeah. Point. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Amy. Okay. Uh, we will keep all the links to the books and your LinkedIn and everything like that in the show notes. Um, Great. Yes, thanks so much. And remember, guys, if you're interested in our purpose incubator, you can always find that on our website. It's www.sotapana.com. And wishing everyone a wonderful week ahead and a beautiful journey on finding your purpose and, you know, letting go of all the shoulds. So we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.